slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. Big win for the Islanders. They defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-3 to to win the series in six games. And now it's time to bring on the Boston Bruins as the Islanders will meet Boston in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We will talk about that and everything else that's on your mind on today's show. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So, the Islanders come up with the big W. They eliminate the Penguins in six games. And uh, I'll tell you, the Islanders in the postseason really do seem to have the Penguins number. You go all the way back to 1975 and uh, the Islanders, you know, one in 75, one in 82, one in uh, 1993 to end the Penguins' big Stanley Cup run, one a couple of years ago in the first round, and now beating the Penguins again. And uh, just an outstanding performance. We'll break it all down for you and explain how the Islanders got it done. If there's something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss Feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during every Islanders game. So, lots to talk about, but let's start with this. In this game, the New York Islanders showed a lot of resilience. And I love the way they handled this game. You come out pumped, the crowd is going crazy, and... Everybody is ready to go and and basically hoping for the end of this uh, series. And what happens? A minute and a half, not even into the game, you're down one nothing. What happens then? Islanders don't panic. The crowd, to their credit, didn't panic. Islanders tie it on the goal by Anthony Bevilier. Then, Islanders take a questionable penalty. Power play goal for the Penguins. A minute, 13 seconds later, Islanders tie it up, 2-2. Two two. Early in the second period, Pittsburgh again comes out and takes a lead. And the Islanders, yeah, it took them six and a half minutes roughly, but they tie it 
and then take the lead 13 seconds later and never look back. But what this team does, and does so well, and did very well in this game, is show resiliency, and they don't deviate from what they're trying to do. Now, sometimes they're more effective at it than others. Certainly the Penguins, uh, you know, in games two and three were the better team, and probably in game five also. But the Islanders stick to their guns, stick to their strategy, and never give up on a game, and as a result, did not get discouraged, did not waver, did not all of a sudden make desperate plays, uh, and they knew if they kept doing what they are supposed to do, the results will come, and that's exactly what we got. So, number one, this team was exceptionally resilient, never say die, and that is, you know, what you need from a, a hockey team, especially in a playoff situation, do or die, they got that much done, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Second thing, let's face it, you want to know who the MVP was of this series? The White Whale, Ilya Sorokin. 34 saves in 37 shots in this game for Sorokin. You know what? In this series, Ilya Sorokin, 4-0. and oh. Simeon Varlamov, 0-2. Oh now, Game 2 wasn't his fault. Varlamov played very well. Game 3, he was shaky. But Sorokin, you know, none of the three goals would be considered soft goals in this game. All three of them were, you know, legit goals. One was deflected. One was on an odd man rush, a rebound. You can't place a lot of blame on Sorokin. But again, Ilya Sorokin was not discouraged or deflated by giving up those three goals. He was resilient. Goalies in the NHL need to have a little bit of amnesia, a little bit of short-term memory loss. When you give up a goal, you kind of forget about it and don't let it get you down and concentrate on stopping the next one. And you know what? That is exactly what Ilya Sorokin did. And to me, the interesting thing was this. As the game went on, Sorokin got stronger. And not only did he get stronger, but... He came up big when he needed to come up big in the third period. You knew the Penguins, down two goals, were going to throw everything they had at the New York Islanders. And you know what? They did. Outshot the Islanders 12-5 to in that third period. But every opportunity that the Penguins had from really in the last... 38 minutes of this game, Ilya Sorokin made the save. The last goal for the Penguins that put them up 3-2 was scored by Jason Zucker a minute 53 seconds into the second period. And for the last 38-07 of this game, Ilya Sorokin did not give up a single goal. And look, the Penguins had 16 shots in the second period, 12 shots in the third period. That's 28 shots 
only one of them went in. And again, in the NHL, when you're talking about goaltending, it's not necessarily how many you give up. It's also when you give them up and how you give them up. None of the goals were soft goals. Sorokin didn't get ruffled by giving up three goals in the first 22 minutes of this game, 23 minutes of this game, and he played very, very well for the rest of the second period and the third period, and it earned the Islanders a big win. We're going to talk a lot more about some of the things the Islanders did differently and effectively in this game because this was a solid game from top to bottom for the New York Islanders. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless and intimidating questions and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brand his or her warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The Islanders in this game did a very good job of shutting down the Crosby, Rust, and Gunsel line. Uh, Gunsel did score on a power play, but Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust, no goals, no points. They were each a minus three. Gunsel was a minus four in this game. And overall, throughout the series, with the exception of one game, I think, uh, Crosby uh, was contained, and that was definitely a factor in this hockey game. Meanwhile, offensively, the B&B line continues to shine. Two goals and an assist for Brock Nelson who was struggling and hadn't scored yet in the series, and yet he got going Anthony Bevilier with a goal and two assists. Two helpers for Josh Bailey. That line, well, Bailey and Nelson plus three, Bevilier a plus two. And, you know, the goal by Bevilier was, again, uh, a, a pretty play. But Brock Nelson, I tell you, I feel for Brock Nelson. Actually, you know... He had one goal coming into this game in the series, so it was his second and third goals of the series. But, you know, he had so many chances to try to get that hat trick, that third goal in this game, and he just couldn't quite close the deal, which is uh, which is a shame because you would love to have seen him. He hit a post when the net was empty, shot wide once, had his chances, no question about it, but just couldn't quite polish off the power play at the end of the day. However, 
it didn't matter. Islanders come away with the 5-3 win. And what the Islanders did really well in this game, their forecheck was back with a vengeance. And that was a beautiful thing to see. The forecheck came at the Penguins, bottled them up in their own zone at times, forced turnovers, and realistically, even though the Penguins did take 37 shots in this game, the majority of them, you know, weren't particularly high-traffic area dangerous shots. And when they did, again, Sorokin was equal to the task. But that forecheck clearly frustrated the Penguins and got things going for this Islanders team. And that was early on, you know, mostly, especially rather in the second period, but in the third period, I love what this hockey team did. If you go back and watch that third period again, the Islanders did dozens of little things, little tiny, smart, small, subtle hockey plays that helped them hold on to the win. And what am I talking about? Well, clearing away rebounds, moving the puck up the boards, making the safe play to clear the zone when protecting a two to nothing lead, blocking shots. You saw players willing to sacrifice the body in order to block a shot and keep the Penguins from getting good scoring opportunities, staying on their man. Uh, in the defensive zone, not giving the Penguins time and space to maneuver. All of these little things added up. And you you look at the defense. Scott Mayfield, four block shots. Pulak and Pellick, three blocked shots each. These guys were willing to sacrifice their body to make hockey plays. Uncle Leo was out there aggressively. Uh, hitting people and back-checking, and I liked what he did. For Travis Zajac, who was in this game in place of the injured Oliver Wallstrom, who's going to be out for a little while, uh, Zajac had an assist. He was a plus two, and I think he played a smart positional hockey game, probably his best game as an Islander. And the fact of the matter is, Zajac was hungry, he hadn't seen the ice in a while. He wanted to prove that he still has it and wanted to contribute to the team's success, and he got it done. So overall, you know, again, just getting the little things done. How about the face-off circle? Again, J.G. Pajot winning 14 out of 18. Matthew Barzal winning 7 out of 9. Those guys, you know, the game-winning goal was set up off of a face-off win. It was Ryan Pulak getting the puck off a face-off win by J.G. Pajot and putting the puck home, and, and that was the game. That was the game. But at the end of the day, it was all these little things, little things that sometimes don't even show up in a box score. But what does it mean? It shows you that this Islanders team is disciplined. They are fundamentally sound. And they play when they're going well. And let's face it, they're going well right now. They play fundamentally sound hockey. 
this team, to sum it up, is well coached and they have experience. They've been playing this system for three straight years right now and they know it and they know what's required of them and they get the job done. And I'm going to throw a little statistic at you. This is the third year in a row that the Islanders have won a playoff series. All three years under Barry Trotz, they've won at least one playoff series. You want to know the last time the Islanders won a playoff series three years in a row? 1983, 1984, 1985. That is the last of the four straight Stanley Cups that they won. A trip to the finals against the Oilers, who they lost to in the Stanley Cup final, and then the year after that, 1985, uh, advancing. So some history being made here, and at least two, hopefully three or more, games left at the Old Barn. We have a lot more to get to. We'll start talking a little bit about the next series with the Bruins. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Stay with us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. We also have the NBA and NHL playoffs, and of course, the Belmont Stakes coming up soon. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams make their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Again, we are a day early for most of this week, and we are a day early on this one, but it will be uh, on Friday a happy 78th birthday to former Islanders forward Terry Crisp. Crisp uh, originally broke into the NHL with the Boston Bruins, was a member of the St. Louis Blues when they came into the league in 1967, and that means that Terry Crisp was in the Stanley Cup final three straight times in 1968, 69, and 70. Uh, Stayed with the Blues until after the 71-72 season when the Islanders Picked him up in the expansion draft. Played in 54 games in that first season for the Islanders. Had four goals and 20 points in those 54 games. And then was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers in the deal that brought Jean Potvin over from Philadelphia. And that was designed to entice Dennis Potvin to sign with the Islanders rather than sign with the WHA. Terry Crisp. Then went on to win two Stanley Cups with the Flyers in 1974 and 1975 as a player. Became a coach and won another Stanley Cup in 1989 as head coach of the Calgary Flames. So we're going to look back at one of Terry Crisp's better games with the Islanders. December 23rd, 1972 at the Nassau Coliseum. 
Islanders hosting the Minnesota North Stars. Cesar Maniago, the goalie from Minnesota. Billy Smith in between the pipes for the Islanders. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Billy Harris, his ninth of the year from Don Blackburn and Jim Mayer at 9-29. Islanders. But the North Stars came back and tied it in the final minute of the period. Future Islander J.P. Parise is 13th from another future Islander, Jude Druan. And then in the second period, Parise scores again from Tom Reed and Dennis O'Brien. Minnesota was up 2-1, to one, but that lead did not last. The Islanders bounce back later on in the second period. Brian Lavender is fifth from Jerry Hart and Terry Crisp, our Islanders' birthday of the day. And it was 2-2 two two after 2 in the third period. Brian Spinner Spencer put the Islanders ahead 3-2. His fifth of the year, Bill Mickelson with the assist at 14-01. And then Terry Crisp ices it for the Islanders in the final minute. An empty netter from Brian Lavender and Jim Mayer at 19:52. Islanders win it, and they didn't win a lot that first year. 4-2 over the North Stars, and for Terry Crisp, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a goal and an assist, a 2.90 was a plus two, and he scored on the only shot he took. Islanders held Minnesota to just 19 shots, so Billy Smith only had to make 17 saves to send the 11,016 fans home happy. Uh, capacity, by the way, last night up to uh, around 9,000. It was just under 7,000 for the first two games of the series. And uh, maybe, just maybe, for the next round, they'll be able to increase the capacity a little bit more. But again, we have to wait and see what happens with that. So the Islanders, as of right now, have advanced and they're going to face the Boston Bruins. Not an easy task. And at the end of the day, the Boston Bruins are kind of a, a, a different opponent than the Pittsburgh Penguins. All of a sudden now, uh, since the trade deadline, the Boston Bruins have a lot more scoring depth. All throughout the regular season, they were relying on their top line which is outstanding, and that's Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak, but at the trade deadline, they add Taylor Hall. He has played very, very well, and now Krejci, David Krejci, Taylor Hall, and Craig Smith make for a productive second line, and the Islanders will have their hands full. First two games will be up in Boston, and obviously, we will have a full preview of this series, and as soon as we know the dates and times for the games, we will let you know on Twitter, and uh, looking forward to another round as the Islanders uh, continue their playoff run. Going to be a challenge. Boston is a very talented team, uh, even tougher opponent than Pittsburgh, I think, even though Pittsburgh finished higher in the standings, and you want to know why? Uh, quite honestly, nothing against Pittsburgh, but the Boston Bruins with Tuka Rask have much better goaltending. And I have to say, and I think, you know, Penguin fans will agree with this, uh, Tristan Jarry 
I, I don't think too many of the goals he gave up in game six were soft goals, but I do think he was affected psychologically by that goal that he gave up. The first, you know, at one point, uh, he had given up, I think, you know, three goals in his last five shots, including the double overtime game winner uh, to Josh Bailey in uh, game five. So I think the Islanders did get under Jerry's skin. But here's the other thing. Two players that I want to single out uh, for raising their game in the playoffs for the second year in a row. Josh Bailey, Anthony Bavillier. These guys are, you know, good players during the regular season, but in the postseason, they take it to a different level. This is the second straight year they've done it. And you know what? Those are the guys you want to go to battle with in the playoffs year after year. So, Islanders getting ready for the Bruins. Big win. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. And let's move on to the next round. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Islanders win it. 5-3, they oust the Penguins in six games and will now meet the Boston Bruins in the second round of the playoffs to see who will represent the East in the NHL's Final Four. We will have more on tomorrow's show. We'll continue to look ahead to this series. We'll have an update, hopefully, on Oliver Wallstrom's status and a whole lot more. So join us for that. And don't forget, tonight, 8.30, On the Locker Room app, we'll have our weekly Locked On Islanders chat, so definitely join me for that. That's it for us today. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.